Okay. Hello, everyone. This is Blank Page, the podcast where we have conversations with different creative people around the world to discuss their creative process. Today, on episode number six, we have the incredibly talented Eleanor Carucci, fine art photographer, who is joining us from New York. Hello, Eleanor. Hello, Andy. Good morning to me. Good morning. How are you? I am well. I'm well. I miss you, but I'm well otherwise. I miss you too. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Um, me too. We first worked together um, 2007, right? Was it 2007 or 2008? Oh, 2008. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 2008. 2008 yeah. on an incredible Vaseline project. Um, and, and incredible. you know, at the time, Eleanor, I was so, we were so excited because when we, when we discovered you um, and we spoke to your agent, um, I remember them saying to us that, oh, Eleanor has not done any commercial work. Um, and they were so, they were like, she's not going to take a commercial project. It's going to be very difficult. So when That's we had those first conversations with you, we were so, we were just so fearful that you were going to turn the project down and we wouldn't get the opportunity to work with you. Um, but then when we, when you signed on to do the project, we were like, isn't this incredible? We're getting this incredible fine art photographer who hasn't done commercial to come in on this project. So yeah. And then. That's why I guess. And you set the bar so high that it was it was hard to take other many commercial projects <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess um, let's start at the beginning of your career. So, um, what? Tell everyone what got you into photography. What was that first kind of seed that started this entire path for you? So um, I started when I was really young, like 15, 16, I took my father's camera. I was already doing different arts. I was playing piano, classical piano, and I had a Jewish mom. So she was strict about my education. I did piano for 13 years and I was studying acting and nothing was like what happened to me with photography. I started taking pictures of my mom one afternoon. She woke up from an afternoon nap. And there was just so much more I could see all of a sudden and feel wow. and discover about her. Um, I felt like I'm, I'm experiencing the world on a whole other level. And it's still true till today, which is a blessing. And I can't even explain it sometimes. I mean, it's a piece of plastic or, you know, metal I put in front of my face, but there is something about photographing. It's like a whole different channel that connects me to people or to the, who they are. And even my mom, I knew my mom, I was 16, mm. um, but I could suddenly see other sides of her. I could suddenly enjoy even things I used to struggle with about her, her beauty, her glamour, the fact that she's such a diva, everything became material for my work. And I said, this is, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. Do you, do you see a picture before you look through the lens of a camera? Like, like, do you actually see the picture and frame it? Sometimes I do. Most times I don't. Most time I 
I have a vision, I have an idea, but then life happens. And many times I feel I have to, this idea might send me on a direction, but I have to let it go and follow what I'm, what has been happening in front of me. Mm. So it's, it's, it's both. I think I, I more have, as I uh, got older, I'm 50 now, there is more of a clear idea of what I'm trying to go after and to say with my work. Mm -hmm. But then the pictures, you know, Sally Manuel once spoke about uh, the photography gods <laughs> and that they can be generous or they cannot be generous. And I really felt um, it was right. You know, you, we come as, as photographers and you know, cause you're, we're both photographers as well. And we are in the mercy of some magic there. There is a lot that we bring and all the technical stuff. I always shoot with lights, blah, blah, blah. But there is something that happens and you have to grab it and follow it. Mm, absolutely. So, so when did you, so you studied photography? I then took when I was 16 and uh, like an after school program. Okay. And I felt that unlike the classical music, the acting, I have something here. And I had a very supportive teacher. I, I still tell him, his name was Avi. Um, and I still tell him many years later, like maybe if it wasn't for you, I wasn't a photographer because he really recognized something. And I mean, someone told me you're good at this. It was, you know, when we we're young and I was a mediocre student. I was good at the piano, but um, he, he really pushed me. Um, so this was important. Then I did the Israeli army. Then I went to the Academy of Art in Jerusalem where I graduated and then I moved to New York mm -hmm. where and, I'm still here since yeah. 95. <laughs> yeah. And did you, when you, once you graduated and you moved to New York, um, and you went professional, did you know, did you know at that point what your style was? Had you defined your kind of perspective in photography or did it take a while to shape that? It took a while. I think what stuck with me was, um, so when I went to art school, I actually stopped photographing my, my family because I felt now I have to do serious work and conceptual bullshit, whatever. <laughs> One of my professors said, but I did try to talk about all the things that I'm still trying to talk about. Um, you know, connections between people and relationships and the microcosm within the family, but in other ways. And he said, stop making, I mean, this is Israeli teachers in the, in the nineties, very tough. He said, um, stop making this bullshit work. You can go back to your family, to the world that you know, to the people you know best and talk about those themes that you're trying to talk about, the universal themes about intimacy, emotions, love, hate, jealousy, pain, yeah. growing older. Um, and so I knew he, he really guided me. Um, and this is another mentor. And I knew that I'm trying to talk about something that we all feel, we all have, it doesn't matter yeah. how old you are. And um, through going to the deepest, more personal parts of my life, mm. But I still feel, you know, when people are talking about audience, my gallery, my publisher, they're always like, who is your audience? Mm. And I always say, 
every person who has or ever had a mother, <laughs> which is wow. everyone. Which is everyone. If right? you're a human yeah. being, if you ever loved someone, which is all of us, if you ever get hurt, if you are ever sad, you are my audience. And I'm trying to make the work about being, being human. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think you do just so profoundly and so beautiful. Um, I remember the first time I saw your work. Uh, it's just so, it was so raw and powerful and it's showing such a perspective that I think I, I hadn't really seen um, it captured that way. Um, and it, it was just such beauty in reality, but, but presented um yeah just presented so beautifully and profoundly that it made you go into a situation so deeply and take so much out of it um yeah i try and the bad pictures i take you'll never get to see <laughs> <laughs> so so then when when did you what what is the path like then once you got to new york so did you did you have to did you have to find an agent and how how was that process when you first started? First of all, it was really, really hard. Mm. I still sometimes don't, because I was very close to my parents. I still am. I still sometimes look at myself. I'm like, it's like, am I the person who stayed here and built this career? Because it was really hard. Um, Iran, you know, my husband today was my boyfriend and he couldn't come with me. So I was on my own in New York, crying all the time. Um, and I mainly, um, I, I mainly went after the fine art world because I felt that I was an artist. Mm -hmm. Actually, after two months, I called my mom from a payphone in the street. Remember those days? And I said, mom, I just can't. It was, it, it was, New York was intimidating. All the galleries, sometimes people are very like cold and it wasn't my culture. They were saying they have a cover letter. I'm like, cover what? Like, I like. <laughs> And I told her, mom, I can't, I'm coming home. And she didn't let me. She said, wow. you are not coming home. <laughs> You're going to stay there and keep trying. I'm trying. I'm going to send you $3,000. She sent me $3,000. And she said, what are you going to do? Come back, get married and have kids? As if it's a terrible thing to do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she made me stay. I kept on chasing the galleries. Um, and then I did find a gallery, Rick Morska, they were my first gallery. For, in order to make a living in those first uh, few years, and you know that, I was a professional belly dancer. So I mainly did my art. Um, I went to PhotoFest, did portfolio reviews, and got some solo shows in, in Europe. It was only later that I started to get and accept, because I was so nervous at first, editorial jobs, mm -hmm. um, maybe 90 eight or nine like a couple of years after um i moved to new york and i was and then i started to also do other projects and shoot editorial work mm. and then a few years later i got art and commerce which they were my agents when you met me yeah. and hired me to do the campaign that you did thank you very much <laughs> thank you um <laughs> yeah so so was that that was on the body of work that you'd created um, as, as a belly dancer? Because I know you did the book where you documented your entire experience and was, was it on that body right. of work or there was other work you were doing as well? 
I was, I, when I moved to New York, it was mainly with the work that later got published in 2001, I think in my first book, Closer, which was photo, photographs of my mom coming of age, my family. The second book, uh, Diary of a Dancer, was published after that in 2004, and then I published Mother, and two years ago I published Midlife, so four monographs. Diary of a Dancer, the second one, didn't do well. It's my unsuccessful book, like a rock band. I have my second album syndrome. Uh, but the work that you knew was closer to work and some of the editorial jobs, the work that um, was in my portfolio was a combination. And, and, and it's still for me always blended. My, a lot of my editorial jobs are very much about family and people and emotions like real people real stories and i always say i say it's the same heart and the same eyes and the same gear i don't have like this is of course my personal work goes deeper because i have the access into my own life mm -hmm. um but um the editorial work after a few years of doing different things became also a parallel path that is also, as I said before, about being human. So I, I had an agent back, Art and Commerce. Now I handle my own um, editorial and uh, I have Art Tribute um, with Emily Leonardo and Howard Bernstein. They're my agents for commercial work that I don't do a lot of at all. I mainly do editorial and, you know, my fine art work. And I teach in the graduate program of school visual arts yeah do, do you think if you release the belly dancer work now it would be received differently to how it was when you released it i had a lot of you know we learn a lot from our failures and um i had a lot of thinking about why this body of work didn't do as well mm. and i have to say that I came to the conclusion that it's just not as good as my other bodies of work. No one to blame. It was a shorter project. My other three books are each between seven to nine years. It's not as universal. It was more limited in what right. it was bringing. Not as deep. I should have taken more years. I mean, I got pregnant and the project kind of had to end. I knew that my life as a professional belly dancer performing four times a week mm. is probably over. Um, and I could have, I needed a few more years, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do, do, you, um, do you feel that technically you still keep getting better and better and better with every image that you take? Like, is there, is there any shift or change over the years? Definitely, definitely. And this is yeah. one of the important things about working editorially or commercially. It pushes me out of my comfort zone. Mm. That's one thing. I have to create different things and not only stay, you know, with the way that I work. Yeah. I have to work with assistants. I mean, I've learned from my assistants as much as I've learned from going to the Academy of Art or they taught me so much. Uh, some of them, I had a few, you know, not many of the years that I worked with for a few years. You met Danilo, who was yeah. with me then. Um, they taught me a lot about lighting and different gear, different lenses, different ways of shooting. 
Um, so, and then I switched to digital mm-hmm. in 2008, a little bit before you hired me. Mm. And that was also a lot to learn. And I love shooting digitally. I love working with Photoshop and creating my files now, I feel is a much more artistic like endeavor, really, than, um, than working in the darkroom. Every file that I make, it can have 30 layers and I can work on it for hours and hours and I feel like it's a whole other process, like a painter working on my image. Mm-hmm. And so I, I still feel that I have to always improve and learn more about lighting and mm-hmm. change the lens and buy a new lens. And the technical aspect is so important because it's an extension yeah. of our eye, of our heart, of what we're trying to say. We can't just say it with our heart. We have to... Mm-hmm translated and it's very important so many times my students are like i'm an artist i'm like it doesn't matter you have to know your craft you have to know if you're using lights if you're using natural light or you have to know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and keep on learning every few months i try to you know try a new light i'm working a lot with led now i always work Mm -hmm. with strobes it's so important it's so important you know you buy a lens and suddenly other pictures happen. It's important. Yeah. It's, you know, what's interesting is I feel like it's the part of it that intimidated me so much in the beginning. And I think also stopped me. It, 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 it really prohibited me from getting into photography and following the passion because I felt like there was so much I didn't know. And there were so many technical aspects um, that, Finally, when I just said, I'm just going to experiment, I'm just going to get a camera and I'm just going to shoot because I had had always shot with cameras in the past, but never properly studied the camera and studied the lens and and really gone deep into the technical part of it. Um, And I still feel like there's so much still to learn. And every time I'm in a different situation, there's another piece to learn. Um, Like, like, do do you feel now that no matter what, because I because I know you shoot so much in location, so that you're a part of the environment and you're capturing the situation in, the, in its context. Right. Do you feel now that you're very confident in whatever situation you're put into that you can get the image and the lighting that you want, or is it still a you still have to kind of you're still sometimes figuring out how to work with the light where you are or um, yeah, does it does it get a lot easier? <laughs> no, no. It oh doesn't. my goodness! <laughs> I mean, I feel um, it's it's funny because when you talk to young people, especially or students or you know younger people who love my work, look up to me, and I I'm sharing it with them. It's okay. So th- th- there is a distinguish distinction. Sorry, it does get. I don't know if easier when I am photographing, when I met the person or the people and I started taking pictures, then, then I'm swimming in my water and I know how to swim all those years, 35 years of experience. And I feel very much many, many artists are talking about it. Like 
um, dancers and I feel I felt it when I was dancing like I'm in the element I am just connect just this magic mm-hmm. and I take decisions and they're the right decisions I know exactly what's happening I'm connected to the person I know what to do with them before when I get the email I just did a project for the New Yorker I don't know if you saw it Andy it's like um, the teenagers one? the COVID one yeah when I get the project, I get so stressed out and I always doubt myself and I always feel I and and I think the more known I got, there is more pressure that like only you can shoot this. We really trust you. And I'm like, don't say it. You're stressing me out. And to the point where I even call it, oh my God, I hope the New Yorker will not get to hear me. I call it the New Yorker diet because I lose weight because I get so stressed out. And then before I meet the person, I'm like, I'm not going to connect to them. But on a way, it keeps me on my toes, the stress and the adrenaline. And there, there is like a lot of like self-doubt. Maybe this time I will not do a good job. And also before, when we worked together on the Vaseline, I was very stressed out, very stressed out. But then usually, and I remember it, I know that when I'll be there, when I look to the person's eyes, everything will be okay and everything i know and feel i'll as i said i feel like i'm swimming or i'm dancing with a person so there is a flow most of the time yeah i mean thank you for sharing that and because i mean well two parts of part of it is so crazy for me to hear because i feel like when i look at your work um it's so effortless it feels so effortless your work um and after all the incredible stuff you've done, and I don't know how many amazing images you've shot, to hear that you still feel like this image, you might not get this image, or you might not get that. You know, it's crazy to think that you still feel that after all these years and all the success that you've had. So I feel like so many creatives and artists listening to this, um, yeah, it'll be interesting for them to hear that from your perspective. So thank you for sharing. I'm sure it's true for most of us. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think we're... create creativity is like that, right? I mean, I just think as creative people, um, you're always, it's the cliche of you always wear your heart on your sleeve and every new endeavor and every new project, there is always potential of failure or potential of right. not creating the magic or things right. not aligning and coming together. Um, and I mean, on that, actually, I mean, because I think that's quite interesting, right? Is there, because I know I, in my kind of journey in photography, there's definitely been some moments where I've been so excited about a situation and so excited about an image and then I've got back and I've looked at the picture and I've gone, wow, I don't think I got it. Um, Like, is there, are there situations like that where you saw something different and then it ended up, and and is it then okay to go, well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't that, but then something else came out of it. And that's actually kind of interesting. And then you organically follow that. Does that Right. Happen? I think more, more over the years, this is what I learned. And it's kind of a humbling process, you know. Mm. I've learned to not insist on what I thought I was going to get. Okay. And that's why I'm talking about swimming or dancing or... Mm because there is a lot, it's very elusive, like it's very mysterious, the process. And, and that when you jump in, 
if you'll insist on what you're trying to get, if it doesn't happen, you'll get stuck. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I've learned and it, you know, being a belly dancer for 12 years really helped me also because belly dancing is not, there's a lot of improvisation. I was not usually on stage. I was dancing for people in family events or mitzvahs. And it's the same. You have to feel the room and not get stuck. And many times I take pictures and I know, I know they're not good. I don't want to stress the person out. I'm like, I don't, I, it's not there. It's not there. I can feel it. What do I do to move away from it to something else, to let something else happen? And there is sometimes, you know, I look at a shoot and that's the stressful part. I download the images from my card, especially when it's an assignment. I'm, and I'm looking, I'm like, I have no good work. There is no good work. Ah, I'm freaking out. And then I'm, towards the end of the shoot, I hopefully did something right. Yeah. Or said something funny or move outside or went back inside or something or or you know got the mom to join or the brother to join and and it happened this yeah. magic and when it happens it's like you celebrated it and, and and that's why i also love digital i love mm -hmm. that i can flow with what's happening and i can take many pictures and if the person if something is not right I can just continue taking pictures and not stress the person out by saying, this doesn't work. I mean, sometimes I get photographed by photographers and I'm like, I never say it. I, I never say, oh, look at the screen and say, oh, this, this is not working. <laughs> How can you do it to a person? It's terrible. Never do it. I'll it's, just continue yeah. and, you know, together with the person, swim or dance or yeah. go to another situation. I think that's such incredible advice, Helena. Um, I think any young photographers listening to this, that is such good advice because I think what what some photographers do is they're too honest in that moment um, and they're thinking out loud. But um, I think one of the one of the amazing strengths that I witnessed with you was how amazing you are with with people um, and. After that, after that shoot, then when I kind of started to, you know, get myself a professional camera, start working with people, start shooting people, I, I, I really revisited that project we did so much. And I, and I would remember all the different situations we were in. And it was all people, right? I mean, it was all people who've never been photographed, that you were photographing, right. you were spending these intimate moments with them. And I would think back to it and go, wow, like at the time, not being a, a photographer and not following the passion yet um, properly or professionally or, 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 you know, like like with real kind of intent, um, I don't think I paid as much attention to your process and to watch you do that. But then afterwards, it was suddenly like such a light bulb moment for me to go, oh my goodness, like that's a real thing. Like being able to be really good with your subject and your and the people that you're photographing. Like, was that how did you how did you learn that? Is that just was that instinct? Did that come from the different things you've done? Like, like even I guess the belly dancing. Like, how did you learn to be so good with the the subjects and the people that you're shooting? Um, that that is very true. Like, I feel that I I feel that this is really what makes me better photographer like i love mm. and i think it really started when i because my mom 
my mom was not an easy mother. She, I, she was very devoted. But she was strict with my education. She was, she was a very dominating personality, very beautiful. And what photography allowed me is to appreciate every element of her, be less judgmental, and enjoy parts of her that as her as my mom were difficult mm -hmm. but when i'm the photographer everybody and every person is interesting when people ask me about i photograph my family what's special about my family nothing i have a mortgage and two kids like nothing <laughs> it's just that every person every one of us is a whole world and we're interesting and we have our secrets and flaws and beauties and joys and so i feel the photography to me, the reason why I became a photographer was to connect to people. It allowed me to connect to people, see more in them. And I also feel that it was, as you said, the belly dancing for many years, dancing for many different immigrant communities, like Israelis like me and Palestinians, but also other communities. Um, and also being an immigrant, open you up, humbles you. Um, I experienced two cultures, I'm raising American kids, trying to raise them with two cultures. So maybe there is some openness there too. And there is just yeah. something about my daughter just made fun of me because I also photograph my my kids. They're 17, they're twins, and I photograph their friends. And they know they make fun of me that if I start to photograph one of their friends, I will love that person. It's just um something that happens that is very beautiful maybe not for the rest of it, but when i'm photographing someone i love them it sounds like <laughs> it sounds so like corny but it, it's really true and there is something yeah. more less judgmental just more accepting and loving and i feel photography connects me to other people all right so I want to I want to just pick up on what you were just saying, Eleanor, about that connection between um, someone when you photograph them. Um, do you feel Do you feel that there is such a it's it, it's such an it's an honor that you're given to bring that story and to bring that person's kind of um, authenticity or or, or 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 life or story that you're capturing out. Um, every time that, that, that you photograph someone? Uh, totally. I mean, I feel that way towards my own family, that it's, you know, it's, it's a different word in Hebrew for taking pictures, but in English, it's taking, taking. We are taking something from people and we are depending on their trust and generosity. And there is also, we need to know also our limits what not to ask what not to even try what you don't have access for or if you go deeper with a person and you suddenly feel maybe there is a wall sometimes you can break the wall sometimes you have to respect the wall and you have to know which is which so i always feel you know don't be greedy someone is wow. giving me you know they might give me three percent today celebrate those 3%. Don't ask for this. I just met this person. Many times I'm photographing people because they've been through something difficult. That's why the magazine is doing a story about them. Mm. 
and and maybe in the last five minutes on the shoot, I'll get another three percent. Or who knows? I'm talking <laughs> a percentage, but it's very much about also respecting. Like you can't yeah. you can't get at all. The only person I can get everything about is me. And you know, I photograph mm. my life, and, yeah. and my work is very autobiographical. And other people, I have to try and beg and push or also know when to respect and, and not not go somewhere. I, I really think that's what makes you so great because the that is such a nuanced thing that not a lot of people I think know. And I think sometimes photographers think that the camera is the access into everything and that right. it, it it's okay to push and push and push. But um, what you just said is so profound. I mean, I think that is just, that's such, such great advice um, to respect. And, and, and sometimes if you, you can't get to where you wanted to get to because um, you don't want to push that person or put them into a space where they feel uncomfortable. Uh, right. But, but you know, this thing, knowing you and knowing your style, I feel like you do get there a lot more than most people because you are so, you are such a dream to be around. And um, I think you make, you make the people that you're photographing very, very comfortable. Um, I mean, our, our project that we did together for Vaseline is a testament to that. I mean, I think eventually you photograph like 2000 people, right? Was it, it was like, it was like thousands. Uh, yeah, of people it was crazy. I mean, I I don't know the hundreds maybe, but it was it was a lot. There were some people we focused on, yeah. Remember, yeah. Um, but some that we there were days where we photographed thirty people, forty people. Yeah, and and yeah, and, I, and I think for the most part we walked away with with magic, and uh, I don't really remember walking away going oh. I was ashamed we didn't get this or we didn't get that or they didn't allow you to do. I think for the most part, um, you really were able to get very intimate with a lot of people um, and uh, photograph them in a way they'd never been photographed before. So, um, yeah, your style, I feel like, got that access. But that's, wow, that's very, that's very profound. I think, like, a lot of young photographers listening, I mean, even just, you know, I'm absorbing it going, wow, that's like a really... Um, it's a very powerful thing to understand and to to acknowledge and be aware of when you're in that situation with someone. Right. Um, uh, but I do have to say that I many times feel that there was more I could get and I didn't get it. And mm. uh, looking at my work, it makes me sometimes insecure. And I feel, I always try, like I feel I put the person first if I felt some, something that they were uncomfortable. I put them first and I really was considerate, mm. but I am, you know, thinking about people like Avedon and the big, I, I feel, do I get to that level or am I being too nice? Um, mm. Especially sometimes as a woman. I, and I think this is something I discuss with a lot of my female friends and, and students don't be too nice on one hand and too like, oh, no, no. And, and try to get something from the person, but then don't be pushy or don't make the, the photography an abusive or, you know, something that is negative. This is something that I never want to do. And I, I, I want to keep my photography 
a beautiful, almost pure thing. I never want to feel guilty about. And I have to say that in this way, going back to the digital, the digital really helps me because there are situations that I photographed where the person wasn't sure about being photographed. Um, I photographed Evan, he's a transgender man, and he wasn't sure he wanted to be photographed breastfeeding. So I can always say, you know what, we can try this and I will show you, I'll take one or two pictures, I'll show them to you, if you don't like them, I'm deleting them on the spot. And it happened a few times in sensitive situations, and it helps me because then my Jewish part of me, I don't want to feel guilty after that. I just like, I know he will kill me. So I take the picture. If they don't like it, I delete it, end of story. And there is more of a way for trust to be built and for collaboration. Um, I don't want to be this photographer, you know, the old days of the view cameras putting the black <laughs> cloth over your head. I want to be there with a the person. And if it's a sensitive situation, share what I just photographed, help the person tell me what to do with the light, or maybe they want a different background together, make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And it's helpful that I have this screen to show right away. I mean, yeah. you remember the film days, we didn't have this option. We had Polaroids, but it wasn't the same. Absolutely right. There was still so much uncertainty in what you captured. And um, now when I think about we would all be looking at a tiny Polaroid to approve it. <laughs> That's crazy. God. <laughs> I know. And by the way, the job we did was the first time I worked with a digital tech in 2008. Oh, with wow. Heath. With it, Heath, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I was, but it was great. It was, yeah. I was nervous about that too, about this collaboration, but it yeah. was great. Well, I mean, and was there ever a job that needed a digital tech? I mean, my God, oh there my were God. so many images and files and naming and wow, he really had his work cut out for him, huh? <laughs> the digital tech, and I don't know who built the website because you had a crazy vision, Andy. It was like yeah. building a world on on the this website was a world where you can yeah. link through people to other people it was an incredible idea and it yeah. was but it was many people like through one person you can reach to another person you can reach to another person yeah. click on each one of them get their story get their images totally. it was a, it was you know because i was actually i was talking to some creatives about that project um a while ago and I, I feel like we were a little ahead of our time because the digital, the, the website component, I feel like if we were making that now, it would be so much better and so much more immersive. Totally agree. Even all the content we shot, we would have probably more platforms to put all that content for it to live. We almost, I mean, we captured so much and we just didn't have the places to put it and for people to access it. Um, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was, I don't remember social media then. It totally. Yeah. Not really, right? Yeah. Because with social media, we could mm. really bring it alive. Definitely. But it was a whole world that you build. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I've never worked on something like this since. Yeah. And maybe ever will. <laughs> I'll be on my deathbed and I'll be like, the <laughs> project with Andy. <laughs> That was worth leaving my life, and I'll do that. <laughs> uh, 
So, so on, that's a great segue into into social media, right? I wanted to ask you what you thought of Instagram and what that's done for photography. So, like many people, I was intimidated by it. You know, I was like, yeah. ah, I don't know, it's something for young people. Um, and and then my daughter was like, Mom, you have to have an Instagram account you can I'm like no it's for young people like <laughs> stupid things that I was saying and she actually opened my Instagram account and um, she put the first few posts and um, I started to get into it and especially after COVID hit mm. it became really important you know I, there was a way to communicate with people to get jobs mm. um, to get feedback, to have conversations, or you know, when people are posting their comments, you're answering, and it was really wonderful. So I think I can definitely see the problematic, especially for younger women or teenage women or people in general, um, that they keep on seeing their friends looking gorgeous and all this mm. artifice that social media creates, but it also gives us artists, photographers, creative people, a way to have our followers. So we're not only dependent on galleries or agents yeah. or the gatekeepers. I have my followers and I, I don't believe my gallery will drop me. I've been with Edwin Howe for 15 years, but things happen, you know, art and commerce dropped me. It was very heartbreaking. Um, it was for a good reason. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't a big money maker for them, but I think if it happens today, I feel, and many artists do, um, that I have my followers, that I can reach out to people, that I can reach out to curators or uh, creative directors. So I think it gives us um, things that are really good. Yeah. More control, right? Right. Yeah. More control and, and access to, to the people who like our work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you hear you, this? This uh, is it banging? Is it, I'm just gonna close New York, the door. New York construction. <laughs> exactly, New York construction. Close the window. I hope it will be better now. Sorry. Always, always sirens and someone building yeah. something somewhere. Always. Totally right. Would it be New York if it wasn't like crazy ambient sounds? <laughs> oh God, it's it's the the beauty and the terribleness of New York. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, yeah. that, that's a good next question, actually. So um, living in New York City after, so how many years have you been in the city? 20? From 95, so 20, almost 27. Wow. And, and are you still inspired by the city as a photographer? Yes, I have to say, Amazing. I feel New York, um, is an incredible place. You go out to the street and this is all you have to do. Mm. There is like crazy people, beautiful people, ugly people, all the languages from all over the world. There's always noise, there's always something happening. It can be very intense, mm. but it calms me down. I just had this conversation because the sirens noise is driving my daughter crazy. Mm. And I told her that for me, Maybe because I'm Israeli, kind of a fucked up existence. So I said to me, when I feel the sirens, I feel everything is good. Someone is watching, is doing like it's the firefighters, the police, 
the ambulance, they're taking care of us. Everything is good. And I, it makes me calm. And she was like, mom, you're such an immigrant. That, that is such an incredible perspective. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that perspective. I <laughs> love it. It's Israeli. It's an Israeli <laughs> thing. When we see soldiers, we're like, everything is good. There are people watching us. <laughs> oh, so amazing. But, but I mean, I... I, I totally I totally agree with you. I mean, I think I, I miss New York so much. I, I How many years were you here, Andy? <clears throat> so in total, it was eight years in New York and then two in L.A. Yeah. Right. Um, and, I, you know, what surprised me was I didn't, I didn't think the first time we went to L.A. I would love L.A. as much as we actually did. But L.A. was so creative. There was just such a, a buzz of it being a making city, like, like so many people are makers. And people are there to create. So that was inspiring. I mean, you can't just step out of your apartment and have all of this kind of stuff at your disposal right. and all this stuff to shoot. You've got to kind of seek it out a bit more in LA. But I totally, uh, I agree 100%. It's, it's, it's amazing to think that you've been there, you know, 27 years and you're still inspired. I mean, there are very few cities that can, you know, constantly inspire. Um, do you... Do you take your camera out and do any street photography, Eleanor? Do, do you shoot when you're out? No? I don't. No. I really don't. I mean, unless I go out with, you know, to photograph, like with mm -hmm. my daughter, I'll tell her, but I don't. I, first of all, it, it gets harder because Iran, my husband, is doing a lot of street photography every day. I think every day. He decided after we graduated that he doesn't want to be, doesn't want to do photography as a profession and all that comes with it, but he shoots every day, which is more than me. Um, but it did, um, first of all, it's not how I, it's not how I photograph. Mm -hmm. And it also got a little harder. Funny enough, today we're, we all have cameras in our phones and mm -hmm. there are cameras in the streets and we're photographed actually 24 seven almost. Mm -hmm. People are more nervous than in the past about being mm -hmm. photographed. I, so I, I can't, it's not for me, this kind of like. Yeah, I, I found that as well. I, I mean, I loved the idea of street photography and I tried it going too, out. Yeah. Um, but it is, it can be an aggressive city. New Yorkers can be aggressive. And I think people are, like you said, people are very weary of, of people taking their right. photo. So I, I did find it quite tough. And I think that it, it, it definitely taught me some lessons in terms of, approaching people um and and that dynamic and and how to um how to do that and make people feel comfortable because you know you suddenly i would always feel a bit bad to just see someone and feel and and so many times i would think oh that's the, uh, this person is incredible this would make an amazing shot but i don't feel comfortable to just you know like you said which i thought was so profound take the shot you know you right. are taking you're taking the picture um, and if you right. haven't asked and there isn't consent, it does feel a bit strange, right? I mean, I'm all for freedom mm. of speech and I find it a part of it. People are in the street, in the subway, they can be photographed, people photograph me, I don't care. Mm. But it's not my way, so it's not like I'm against. Mm. It's just not the way I photograph. Mm -hmm. But I, I love street photography and I think mm. it's an important part of photography and of mm -hmm. art and of who we are 
and people should do it, but it's just not me. It's, it's not me. I can't, I can't, you know, become creative like this. If I'm nervous and I, yeah. I just, I can't. Yeah. So what, what to you makes a great picture? When you see a picture, um, what, what instinctively to you um, kind of signals that that's a great picture? Uh, it's so mysterious. It can be because I love all photography. I love fashion photography and beauty photography, snapshots, and people like Gregory Crutzen, where everything it's a one hundred thousand dollars budget, so one picture. Yeah. Um, and it's really it's different from one person to another. While with Nan Goldin, it can be the emotion that this photograph holds. And in other people, it can be if it's Inez and Vinu, like mm. a perfect fashion yeah. image yeah. where everything is so dreamy and and beautiful. I love completely. Their stuff as well. yeah. Oh my God, they're both geniuses, yeah. and Anne Golden and Gregory Crutzen, and people who are street photographers as well. So it can be a funny moment it can be a sad moment i would say that usually i'm drawn to images that have some kind of emotion in them i can mm -hmm. really feel um a situation mm -hmm. feel the person that is there i can try to go into their story it tells a story but there's so many great pictures in, in mm -hmm. so many you know, genres of photography, it's hard to say. Yeah. It's too much. There's too much, too much okay. wonderful images for different reasons. It's yeah. hard to say. Here, here's something I'm so curious to ask you about. So on the same kind of like topic of a great picture, are there other images that you see um, where you, you can tell that maybe technically there was something, there's a fault to the image. So maybe the way it was lit or um what maybe the lens or uh but you still think it's a great picture like oh yeah i mean sometimes yeah. it's in spite i mean it's what in english they say like happy accidents right. um, mm. I, I feel that many times i got looser and looser over the years i i do more i'm more technical on one hand mm. use more lighting very good with my gear. And on the other hand, I'm trying to be looser and looser and try different wow. things. And, um, because so many times I'm being humbled by, I remember a few months ago, I was photographing my daughter and me and Iran, we were in some tense situation and I put two strokes, I put so much time preparing the strokes. And then, and she didn't want to be there because she's like, mom, I don't have the patience. I was like, three minutes so she came over and i took the pictures with the stuff time it was so hard and then and then the stroke stopped working both of them and she and the the stuff time it took maybe seven more pictures and she said i'm leaving i don't have patience for it and i'm like but the stroke stopped working she left and the pictures where the strokes didn't work was wonderful oh, because Iran wow. and I were silhouettes. She was lit by the hallway light. So she, it was like a child when their parents are fighting. And I was like, thank you, like Saliman said, photography gods wow. for making all of what I prepared not yeah. work so I can get a good picture. 
thank you very much. Oh, that's <laughs> it's very humbling, but wow. you know. I mean, you know what's interesting? I do think that um, with with seeing so much photography now and so much access to it, um, do do you do you think people are a little bit more lenient on the technical aspect and people experiment more now and they don't follow, you know, let's say the school or traditional kind of studying of photography that this is what makes a good picture and this is what the lighting, do you think that that's kind of almost blown that up in some ways and people are just fully experimenting um, and kind of breaking down the maybe the, 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 the cliches or the institution of this is what, you know, this is how a good picture should be lit or this is how this should be lit. Do you think, yeah, do you think there's been a shift or a change in that? Um, no, actually, because I think what I see in many, many of the young students and people that I meet is that they're so, they grew up, not like me, so overwhelmed by the millions of pictures right. that they're actually trying to find a way so they're shooting film, they're very like proper, they're trying to find a way to move away from how saturated and flooded we are yeah. to something more controlled, more limited. And I'm like, why are you shooting film, young person? <laughs> they're like, I wanna be I wanna be forced to be slower, to be limited in the amount of frames, like everything that I so enjoy about digital after years of doing film and being stuck in the dark room, they want to go back in order to find a way to work differently in a more quote unquote professional way. So, so I don't know, maybe it's both happening. What mm. you said, Andy, people are experimenting. There is more freedom, but on the other hand, people are looking for ways and, and really the majority of my young students are shooting film. It's beyond me. Wow, that's so interesting because, you know, for everything yeah. you said about digital, I, I agree as well. I find there's so much freedom in it and it's just limitless and you can try and experiment. And um, so that's so interesting that they're looking back to something with more constraint even, right? There's constraints right, to right. it. Um, exactly. That's so interesting. I mean, I do, I do think that now it is, it's so competitive, right? It's just so unbelievably competitive and to stand out yeah. you really have to do something different you really have to have a unique perspective and truly be original because there are so many instagram photographers where people you know um yeah i mean i don't want to deny anyone their their truth or or, or what they feel but it is it is really tough because there's just so much right it's such a saturated space now so to, right. to get your work seen is tough. I mean, on the one hand, like you said, Instagram is amazing and you can have a platform, but how do you stand out in amongst like 10 million photographers? Very hard. I mean, you know, I'm when I'm talking to my students about the time that I came to the North, it was very hard also because there wasn't the internet mm -hmm. and I didn't have access to information, but it was not as saturated. It was not, you know, it was, mm -hmm the good and the bad of, of those pre-internet, pre-social media time. I, I feel like a cave 
woman talking to them about it because <laughs> it feels like a whole different world. But um, yeah. it's very challenging today. But on the other, on the other hand, you have other tools to to present yourself, like Instagram, yeah. like mm-hmm. Facebook, like TikTok, like other yeah. platforms. Do Do you think, uh, or, or have you seen in your students? Uh, a shift towards more fine art photography or commercial? Is is there is there a shift either way where people are leaning more to art versus commercial or, or commercial versus art? I tend to, I, I, I teach in the art program. So it's, okay. I, I can't pretend to say that I know like young people today because I teach in the MFA of School of Visual Art. I guess teaching in the MFA of Leslie University. <clears throat> so it's more fine art, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of the students I teach came to the program, they're doing their graduate degree because they want to be artists. Mm-hmm. But I think both are growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think, I think what I see that has changed is um, moral uh, mm-hmm. issues being talked about much more than before consent is something we talk about all the time and i've been teaching for 20 years um we never discussed this so much as we do now we're talking about identities and race and who is allowed to photograph who can you photograph other people or people if i'm jewish can i also only photograph jewish people can i photograph black people latina people a lot of conversations about the morals of, of photography are now a part of 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 creating of teaching of discussions wow have have you seen a shift as a female photographer um have you seen a shift yeah in in the industry i think the industry now is trying to make up for years of discrimination against some parts of the population and, and and make sure sometimes to a ridiculous like we need to find a black female transgender LGBTQ photographer like you know which is great but sometimes you know that the same companies didn't give a shit two years ago so now they're all about inclusion it's fine at least the outcome is positive um, and also you know I told you uh, before we got on the recording about how difficult it was to publish Midlife. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point I was like, you know, I did a body of work about being middle-aged, about being a woman. It's hard to publish it. I have to bring up some key words, me too, feminism. Mm-hmm. Don't you want your followers, your female followers? We are post me too. Mm-hmm. I had to put yeah. my work and it is the right context. But it was important for me to learn how to, it wasn't enough to say, you know, this is a deep, complex body of work that haven't been done about being middle-aged. And I had to try to enjoy, and the Me Too movement was important to me. I don't love mm-hmm. everything that is happening in the name of it. Yeah. And I don't like counseling people, or, you know, but overall it's a wonderful thing for women. And women in the in photography are, discriminated against. Um, you will look at the numbers and the, you know, museum acquisitions in the last 10 years, 88% men, 
male work, I'm talking about contemporary photography, 12% women, acquisition, last 10 years. So um, I feel that the Me Too helped it and there is more, even if sometimes it comes from just a museum wanting to look good Mm -hmm. to their donors, whatever, I'm glad that they're thinking about Mm -hmm. um, making sure they exhibit enough women, enough people from different communities, different skin colors. It it can seem kind of fake, but the result is welcome and, and, and wonderful. Yeah. All right. So, final final two questions. Um, uh, what what advice would you what advice do you have for any any young creative, any young artist, any photographer looking to kind of move to New York um, to make it? Um, I think my advice would be to always always try to follow your dream but then try to also enjoy the process, whether or not it will bring the outcome that you want. Um, Try to take opportunities that happen, maybe if it's not even the ones you had your heart set on, Um, and don't torture yourself on the way, you know, open up to the experience. And I, I know many people who like speaking to New York, became photographers and are very happy. Many people who came to New York were here for one year and went back to Israel or, and it's this one year is very significant in who they are and it's not a failure, it's an experience and not everything is right for you. And many people who stayed but became photo curators or teachers or, so life is filled with paths and opportunities and don't torture yourself thinking there is only one thing that you're supposed to do in your life. Um, if, if other things feel right or interesting. Also some photographers that I know became high school teachers and they so love what they do. They're so fulfilled and they don't miss the art world that can be, you know, can be problematic <laughs> or snobbish or, or just, you know, fake sometimes. Oh, that's such wonderful advice, Eleanor. Thank you. I mean, I think enjoy the journey is um, incredible advice, right? Because I think sometimes we, especially now, we're so obsessed with the end result and we're so obsessed with success and um, making it, right? So, but if you just, like you say, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, yeah. Again, easier said than done. I yeah. didn't always do it. And I know I shared that art and commerce didn't want to continue working with me and it was painful, but I had to recognize the right reasons. They were so wonderful to work with. The right reasons and the right reasons were that some parts of photography, commercial photography are not for me. I'm not very good in them. After I cried, after I got over <laughs> my ego, I was like, I'm probably not the best fashion photographer. I'm just not talented in it. But what I'm talented is other things, and I will continue to nurture those other things and, and you know, let go of this wonderful agency and the things that I, I needed to know or to be better at in order to stay in a place like this and that are not right. Mm. It's not easy. And again, I wasn't like, so elegant when it happened i came home and cried and hated them they were they don't know what they're doing but after a few months 
it was it was a good lesson to recognize and acknowledge the reasons and to let go of them. Say, okay, I am not doing fashion or beauty or this or that, mm -hmm. but here is a niche that is right for me, and yeah. I can continue on my own. Mm -hmm. And and almost it 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 confirms the path for you in some ways, right? Like like right. having tried that, that then actually confirms even more that that's the right path and that's the path that you know. Um, yeah. In retrospect, mm -hmm. you know, at right. the moment, it's not easy to have mm. things not happen or yeah. places that you know are good, good, honest people that tell you this is not right for us. It's very hard. And mm. the ego part and the insecure part and the financial part are, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to deal with it. All the things we're, we're not the uncertainties it's it's very difficult it's very difficult and that's why i many times feel you know people ask me <laughs> so when art and girls dropped me i came home and my son who was i don't know five at the time was so upset because i cried and then he, and he left home i mean i chased him to the elevator because he knew the way there and he wanted to go beat them up <laughs> People many times ask me if it's hard to be a mother and to have a career. It is very, very hard, very challenging. But I feel that having for me, my family, like, you know, an island of unconditional love and security really helps me through those times where I'm not as loved by my industry, um, but I will be always loved by my husband and, and mother and kids. And it, it grounds me, it helps me survive the New York competitive, <laughs> difficult art photography world. That's so beautiful, Eleanor. Wow. <laughs> wow. And now I have a, a question to ask you about pizza. <laughs> so as a pizza. So the final the final question. So um as a New Yorker, um, where do you stand on pineapple on pizza? Yay or nay? Disgusting. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's a very New Yorker answer, right? <laughs> oh, but this is a big argument. Me and my daughter, she loves pineapple pizza. I'm like, yeah. I love pineapple. I love pizza. Mm -hmm. Not together. <laughs> Not together. Do you mix your coffee and wine and drink them together? <laughs> Disgusting. I, I, I love this question so much because it's so polarizing. It's so polarizing and people are so, so definitive about being either this or that with it. It's so fascinating. Yeah. No, we were yelling at each other. I think yeah. it was funny because you're like last week. I'm like, oh, I have to make all those noises. She's like, mom, you don't understand. We should, we should try it next. I'm like, never again. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I just feel like we could talk for like another like seven hours, um, Eleanor. Thank you so, thank you so so much for doing this. Um, I think you've you've shared so many incredible um, insights and so much incredible advice. Uh, I think this will help so many creatives. So I really want to thank you for you know for your time um, and for sharing. No, thank all you, Andy. An honor. It's another an opportunity to connect and and collaborate again. Um, so this is. Thank you so much for inviting me and for being so inspiring and, and open. Thank you. Thank you.